Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm fine. Good. <laughs> Sounds really convincing. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Um, well, welcome to the Book Squad podcast. All right. Yeah. I mean, welcome. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come okay. on in. Cool, cool, cool. Come on in, everybody. Uh, All right. So what do we got today? Well, we've got just like um, a quote unquote short episode, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll maybe. say it's a short we'll episode. We'll say. Yeah. Because it'll be, it'll be 58 minutes. It'll be what so. it is. Yeah. Uh, so first we got a little bit of uh, local bookish news, mm-hmm. which is cool. And yep. that is that. That is that Danny Kane, whoop, whoop. who you've heard here yes, yes. on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have looked up what number of podcasts that was. Um, You'll find I'll it. it. I think it's in the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has been named the Midwest Bookseller of the Year. That's so cool. I know, right? That's really cool. Right here in our hometown. He's just been kicking so much butt. He really has. And, and we he, can say we knew him when. Yeah. We we interviewed him before he was famous. Before. When he was when he was mildly famous. Mildly famous. Not, yeah. Famous among dozens. Not <laughs> famous among billions. Billions. Well, yeah. So way to go, Danny. That's way awesome. to go, Danny. Um, and he's just uh yeah. Chugging along. Got a great bookstore. Yes. Been fighting uh, fighting against Amazon. He one, sure has one Midwest one bookseller at a time. Yeah. Should we so. link that? Should yeah. we link his? He made a zine. We'll just link to Did all you see the things. That? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah so that's he, cool. He made a zine about how to. I feel bad because then I ordered a couch on Amazon. So <laughs> I, know, I know, I know, I know. Well, but I don't get books. I definitely don't get books. Right. Because I don't buy books anywhere. But it's, did you say you ordered a couch on Amazon? It's a little love seat, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this world I know, we live in. I know. So, I know. yeah, no, I mean. But it's definitely not a book. Okay. That's fine. Mm hmm. And it was like, it was the same price as it was on, uh, it was a little bit cheaper than it was on Target. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. what was that? But I mean, sometimes, sometimes thing, I mean, it would, I don't know, this could become a long conversation. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like it would be fine if it was a thing that sometimes was a thing. Yes. Not that all the time. Right. I've stopped buying toilet paper on Amazon. I go, I I get in my car to go buy the toilet paper. I try to buy anything that I can locally. Because even if you think about it, like even if you're buying from Target, you're buying from a big corporation. Yeah. That's what justified my... I wish we had a local toilet paper seller. (laughs) (laughs) Checkers. Folks, if you're looking for a business to get into, (laughs) I think we've found it for you. Yep. <laughs> Come into your library and we'll help you start up a small business. Yes, I've got databases. That's for a that. thing we can do. Yep. Write a grant for the the local toilet paper industry. <laughs> yeah. What are we gonna call it? We can help we... you. <laughs> We're number we... two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, we, this is devolved quickly. Well, you okay. know what I know <clears throat> I know a little trivia about toilet paper. Oh, do you? Yeah. It's that um a lot of books are uh, uh, recycled. A lot of books that can't be sold um, or resold or are just, you know, out of completely out of mm-hmm. date and would be unethical to resell uh, because the information is so out of date. They, those get shipped off and mulched down and turned into toilet paper. So sometimes you're wiping your behind with <laughs> the literature of yesterday. Your. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So mm. books, like long live books, they just uh-huh. keep on giving. The, the you gift know? that they just really does. Giving. Yep. You can, maybe you can read a book while you're using the Using your book. Yeah. And then I was thinking just cut out the middleman <laughs> and just get no. a book you don't really like. Like back in the old days, you yeah, would just, just rip out a yeah. sheet of paper. Yeah, exactly. Rip, rip a page out of your book. Yep. Wow. Now, okay, now we really so have anyway, to So anyway, well, we just wanted to link it. We just wanted to <laughs> no, tie just, it all together. We just need to like, I don't know how we went from Danny to using your books. Bless his heart. Paper, but yes. Bless. Amen. All right. Okay. <laughs> so now we just got one book minimum. We do, but it's two books. Like, yeah. remember, we've done this we've before. Add. We add. If we if we each have one book, it's still two books. That's so true. God, I'm so glad that we came up with that. Yay, we never did four four book minimum. That would not have worked. No, four book minimum. Well, we had to have two other people. All right. Why don't you? Do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Well, so mine goes <clears throat> with the book. It does. That, yeah. So mm-hmm. why don't you go first? Because I'm excited. To okay. So I um I read the library book by Susan Orlean. It's been on my pile for mm-hmm. a while. And and I and I finally got to it, and I'm really glad that I did because um, I finished it. Uh, well, I, I I was asked to come talk about it with a a book club, so mm-hmm. I did a book club house call. With, a local one with this one, mm-hmm. yeah. So I did a book club house call. We went out and we talked about this book. And were there <clears> snacks? There were. Snacks. Oh, good. There was an Yay. apricot bar and some popcorn oh, and tea and they were very nice it was an afternoon oh good it was an afternoon chat so nice. um it was nice and the thing was is that they folks really really um we started off talking about the book but really they wanted to talk about libraries and oh that's and great wanted like the library dirt oh so um what I mean, a great the good dirt but, yeah you know they just want to know about how we do things here at the library and what a things nice we book do. club idea yeah so it <clears throat> i i definitely if you have a book club i would definitely suggest that you read this are we getting it in a bag um yes we are good cool mm-hmm. so uh i really liked it i think there are some mixed opinions about this mm. well i that's... and i write but right after i read this i this is about the um 1986 library fire at mm-hmm. the central branch of the los angeles public library mm-hmm. and um susan orlean t- takes multiple p- things and weaves them together into one story so some of the chapters are about um why am i blanking on his name harry peak who was the um the person they arrested for uh-huh. arson mm-hmm. um uh, some of them were about some of the chapters are about just Los Angeles itself mm-hmm. and its history and okay. how it became the city that it is. Uh, some of them, some of these are about the fire itself, like, um, and then some of them are about uh, libraries and mm-hmm. how, like, specifically how the central branch um, evolved into what it is. Mm-hmm. And then some are just about books, like some of the chapters. Right. So she really weaves it together. Does it feel cohesive? Like... I thought it did. Okay. Not everybody, I'll just say like not everybody yeah. at our at the club that I went to to talk about it thought that it did. Okay. And then, you know, I have I talked to some of the librarians. I actually talked to some of the librarians who were worked like at this branch in LA or like knew were associated somehow with this branch cuz I just met a couple of people. And some were just in LA. Yes, yeah, so I was just oh, in neat. LA. I just came back and some people said um some things are not factual in okay. here. So um, in their, per, from their perspective. So, yeah. So I think this is, um, I think you'll, you'll have like a conversation. I was going to say, it sounds like a rich discussion rather than just like, I liked it. 
Yeah. yeah. So, yeah I think that you oh, can, right. You can, you can definitely have a conversation about this. And I thought like just from a librarian's, and I think I liked it maybe a little more than some people because I really liked the discussion of like how the head librarians were chosen mm-hmm. and like the feminization of librarianship mm, and fascinating. Um, how women got pushed out of leadership in librarianship and um, and also some of the things. So like we think, oh, we're cutting edge. We're offering cake pans or we're uh-huh. offering whatever. In the 1880s, they were offering things like they oh, were they were doing a library of things. They oh, that's were doing. Great. I mean, so it, it's like and you learn that in there too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, there's like they were dealing with you know populations who were coming to the library who had like advanced needs beyond uh-huh. just yeah like needing books. Yes. They were de- yeah. So like um, librarians have always right. been doing this yeah. work. And when and people say like mm-hmm. the libraries are changing because they're become well, it's like they've always been community right. Hubs. So yeah, there's just I mean like oh, you know, there's a there's a, the one chapter in here. I mean though there was a real cutting edge librarian, um, and I'm she was the one of the very first. Um, she might have been the first or the second. Um, like library directors hmm. and l- the first one who actually had a library mm. degree and she set up a library school. I mean, she was just, Aww. she was, and then, you know, and they, she was like a, a kind of a mover and a shaker in terms of like trying to get librarians to lighten up and to be more like huh. librarians are today. Nice. I mean, if I the, she would definitely lady. be some of the tattooed librarians. Of today. I was going to so, say, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just so if you if you love books, although I will say the the chapter um, really detailing the actual fire was just heartbreaking because of all so the loss. it yeah. was and Did fascinating. Pass away? Did anyone die? Or was it just no? Okay. Nobody died. Um, okay. There were not really there were scant injuries. Okay. I don't even know if like if there were books. real injuries, mm-hmm. but yes, um, it, a huge number of books and like it was fascinating. Then what they did, you know, like they course had to spray down everything mm-hmm. and so then then what they did with those books oh, which Lord. they did something with them and they were able to actually um get you reuse a number of them oh. actually like a lot of them a lot of them were lost but then some were saved and there was some but the discussions of the things that were just you know unique that yeah. were lost that yeah. can never come back well and that's where like digitization now yeah digitalization oh, digitization yeah. yeah yeah you're right scanning you're right. it yeah yep uh, is so important because yeah. now we have the capability to on more of a larger scale and um, without like super expensive equipment to right to and to make the things. the great thing about that is that if you don't live in mm-hmm. in a place yeah. that has a very specialized exactly. thing yeah. you can access that yes. thing no matter yeah. where you are in the world if they make it available yeah. widely which libraries do there was someone who just came in from Maine who um her she has family she's never been lived in Lawrence but she has family who came in um during uh like the Jayhawkers era uh, the John Brown. Then, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who came in temporarily from like New York area or New England to Lawrence. And then some of them stuck around and I think most of her family left. But she wanted to kind of see if we had any, she, like they visited Lawrence on sort mm-hmm. of a, um, just a research trip uh, to kind of see like what we had in the Ozma room. And uh, I think she was connected with some like, like firsthand sources like source documents but then also learned like you said that there's a lot of stuff that's been scanned mm-hmm. and 
Um, you just got to be pointed in the right direction of yeah. where to find those things. Yeah, there's a there's a section, there's a character, character, a person in the book who um, just was a map collector and mm-hmm. had a ton of maps. And oh, then when he died, he those got, got they got taken to the library. Um, Did no, they, get it, saved? they were they oh, yes, and okay. but then um, there is there's a kid who's I guess he's a, a young adult now, but. He um, he's autistic, but his special talent is mm. like maps, and mm. I mean it's oh, you know shoot. has this sort of you know savant quality yeah. around maps, and so like he just goes in and he helps to oh. sort of care you know catalog these, yeah, and it was um, so cool. It's yeah, it's really cool. Like he, if you tell him. It was like the guy could say like what street he lived on and he could just tell you like where on the map that Holy you were. Mom. Yeah, it was really That's cool. amazing. So um, anyways, I I really liked this book. I recommend it. I think people who like books, like libraries, like um, narrative nonfiction. Yes. And I guess if you like fire, you'll like this. Um, <laughs> it's... And, you know, and there's a little bit of a mist. There's a mystery at the heart of it. Like mm-hmm. did Harry Peak start this fire or did he not so um we call something (laughs) did mr peak herald (laughs) start this fire or did he not so um, then 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 they obviously sing we didn't start the fire um that i don't recall that (laughs) happening (laughs) but it was kind of i'm gonna i'll admit it was in my brain yeah i would have to it kept popping up yeah in my brain while i was reading this book but um recommend cool good and we and we will have it in the bag Okay, good. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, I am not going to talk nearly as long at all because I don't know much about. No, Sorry. like I loved that conversation. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to provide the same level uh, okay. of knowledge. Is that's what I'm cool. saying. Uh, so this will lead into our um, she said she said discussion. Um, it was uh, okay. I read Stiff by uh, Mary Roach um, Mm. like 10 years ago or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I was very fascinated by the body farm um, in Tennessee, in Knoxville. And I'm a pro- I probably have mentioned this before, maybe when we talked about yes. uh, being mortal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and so I have kind of within the last year, I put in a, uh, it sounds so weird. I put in an application or whatever to, for them to like accept my body after I die and stuff. And so uh, that's been my you plan. Did. I sure did. And that's been my plan. And, um, I was just talking to a patron, about uh, some books surrounding death and dying. And so we talked about being mortal, and he really liked that one. Um, And it's just the thing he's just been thinking about. Um, And so then we talked about stiff, and we talked about different kind of things, and like when when breath becomes air and all sorts of stuff. Um, And then I said uh, that I had applied, you know, been accepted to the body farm in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was like, oh, well, uh, the guy who started that has a book, and I had no idea. And uh, like honestly, I don't think I would ever have. This cover is hideous. I'm so sorry to oh, put it together. Yeah, but uh, it could be more engaging. I think because mm-hmm. the fonts are terrible. But uh, anyway, so this is a don't judge a book by its cover sort of situation. Um, it's called Death's Acre inside the legendary forensic lab, the Body Farm, where the dead do tell tales, <laughs> uh, by Dr. Bill Bass and John Jefferson. So. Then I learned a little bit about Bill Bass, uh, Bass, Bill Bass, Bill Bass. It's spelled oh. like both. Yep. Dr. Bill. B-A-S-S. Yeah. Uh, so he is a kind of like forensics legend. Um, and he, uh, 
has co-written a bunch of stuff and he's like solved a lot of murder cases and um, he's just very gifted with uh, with forensics mm-hmm. and with like um, that sort of uh, brain thing. Uh-huh. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so what I learned, though, is that he actually went to KU. He oh. was, uh, or no, he was assistant professor at KU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got kind of a local tie to him, which is cool. That's cool. Um, and he talks, he basically, he opens up with a story about um, the Lindbergh baby um, dying, going oh. missing. Mm-hmm. And how uh, they found the little bones, you know, and then so they solved that mm-hmm. it was, it, the baby had passed. And um, the person who had been accused uh, he, his widow contacted Dr. Base Bass and, mm-hmm. uh, said, I've got, there's some little bones that are hidden, like in the local police department, um, or forensics, whatever. And I need you to kind of see if maybe there's any chance that my husband didn't actually do this. Right. Because if it was like bones of something else found in the same area, then it kind of like calls everything into question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he goes and like just talks about these little, just these little bitty bones that are, were in these little, each individual vials. There's like 12 of the little bones. And um, how like some of them were actually, turns out, were animal bones. And some were just, like it was just fragments Ooh. where you just could not tell. Mm. And so he was like, unfortunately, there was just, no conclusive evidence that it, mm-hmm. so it kind of like it did not help the case at all um and just how much like how much like things can change or not change based on um based on just like these tiny little fragments of mm-hmm. humanity basically that's i love that you mentioned that because i totally forgot that piece of the book is a huge part of this is like um fire like forensics yeah. like yeah like what has changed in the forensic science and what you can still tell fire. yeah and, and we'll like, talk about that actually also ooh. in the she said she mm-hmm. said yeah yeah like fire what, yeah because they they were convicting people of arson mm. based the the way that they convict people of arson and maybe with murder is like if there's no proof of any other way that it started they would call it arson wow and so um Oof. and then they had like they had some faulty ways of understanding how fire worked and spread. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a sad story of a, a man who was sentenced to death and executed for starting a fire that killed all of his three children, okay. um, which he did not. He didn't start, start a fire. No. Um, it was it was really sad because, um, you know, that he he was – I just can't imagine, like, well, how, and how yeah, many people to know have, that you're innocent and to, oh, like, God. that you – Well, and that's yeah. what happens now. Yeah. With murder. Yes. So, yeah. Um, how, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, how, like, the science has changed and how mm-hmm. – uh, yeah. And how this work that he's doing really helps – Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, yeah, he's, like, literally saving lives by looking at dead people, which is just really wild. That is wild. Um, And we – so this leads us into – there's some gruesome pictures in this book I'm looking at now. I mean, mostly just – Just warning. Just some corpses. You you might skip the pictures. NBD. If you don't like corpses, I wouldn't look at them. But so this uh, leads us right into our She Said, She Said book. Yes, it does. Which is called – From Here to Eternity, (laughs) Traveling the World to Find a Good Death by Caitlin Doty. Uh, And I think you have talked about Smoke is in Your Eyes 
I think I have um, on here. Because you loved, you loved yeah. that book. That was like one of those ones where like you read it and then you were like, everyone must read this. Yeah. It was probably one of my two book minimum ones. Yeah. So um, yes, I fell in love with that book and I I got to see her speak mm. and she was wonderful. And so um, when this book came out, I was super excited about this. And now she has a third book mm-hmm. called Will My Cat, my cat Eat My, my Eyeballs? eyeballs. <laughs> and yeah. other questions about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that Which one's I think that, is yes. I yes. Think the answer is yes. Um, eventually, yes. The answer is yes. Okay. So, and maybe we've talked about that one on here too. I don't know um, as like upcoming books, but it, um, that's a great one too. And that one is definitely for a younger audience could read because it's questions that children ask oh, about right. death, yeah. but also it can help anybody. Well, yeah. Cause we're all like, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. question. Yeah. So, but this book, why don't you tell people what this one is about? So she basically, um, so she, I, I didn't, I, I wish I would have read the other one, um, to get kind of the backstory of like what she does on the daily basis, mm-hmm. but she, um, runs a nonprofit funeral home, right? Yeah. Which is fascinating, a nonprofit funeral home. Because A, like, well, that's just such a great idea and such a wild thing to do with mm-hmm. your life. And B, of course it should be nonprofit. Why would you make oh, the, yeah. pro- the profit? And she talks about this. The profit that's made by the funeral industry to sell caskets and do mm-hmm. all these different things is just uh, enormous and really gross. Really gross if you think it about really, it. It really, yeah. You're capitalizing on like the most grief stricken people. Right. And saying like, your loved one deserves a right. million dollars. I mean, this, I guess we could say that about that know, the health industry yeah. too. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but it, it's definitely, it, I think we have this, you know, view of death as this really like sacred, diff- difficult mm. time. So it feels, I think it feels especially harsh yes. that we are monetizing it yeah. in, in such and a like way there's that... still such a status thing mm-hmm. with your yeah so she's talking a bit about that uh, but mostly she's uh she's talking about how we uh in well in america and in the western world we have kind of just distanced ourselves mm-hmm. completely from the process of death and from dead bodies and from like what is actually legal or illegal or um allowed, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, after someone dies. Right. Um, and as I was reading this, there was a lot of things that I learned, uh, just basic kind of uh, things about how long like a body can go without being buried or whatever, right. you know, all these different things. So like, um, so what she's kind of trying to do is go around and look at other death rituals and death, um, cultures, I guess. Uh, and, um, kind of explore what other people are doing. And, um, yeah, so it says, uh, expands our sense of what it means to treat the dead with dignity. Um, and she talks a lot about, and this is the same kind of with a lot of biases against other cultures, but how death rituals and funeral sorts of things, uh, how much they are, um, just like viscerally disgusting to us Mm -hmm. if they are not like our own. Yeah, because, well, and, you know, we've even just changed. I mean, mm-hmm. she's talking about that just in our own culture. It's changed in the last 150 years. Yeah. I mean, since we've decided, you know, you used to be that, like, you would care for, mm-hmm. you, you know, family, friends would clean and care yeah. for the body and, you know, 
um, maybe there was a professional in the town that would, you know, help, or maybe mm-hmm. there wasn't, but you would do that. You would bury the body on your own land, right. um, or maybe a local cemetery, but you know, the, you would casket. come out and do, yeah, yeah, you would build the casket, you would do it. Um, and you would sit with the body, like in some cultures, you sit with the body mm-hmm. for a day mm-hmm. or three days yeah. or depending on whatever the period is. Um, and we did that. I mean, that was something yeah. that we did. And it's interesting now. I mean, now we do that for um, like if you lie in state, you know, if you're like a president oh, or yeah. a whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, they'll preserve the body in such mm-hmm. a way that, you know, the body can be viewed. But but there, we before we didn't preserve the body. We just mm-hmm. no, you just dealt with the, just dealt with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and at, at a time then, um, like during, and I can't remember exactly, but um, the whole like burying it right away um, has been um, it's been a religious thing. It's been yeah, like a, Jews um, do that. Most yeah, and a Muslim. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a, a lot of that from what she was saying was because of the thought that it would help s- from spreading disease right. or, mm-hmm. you know, something when it wasn't necessarily like emotionally you wanted the body to be gone. It's just like it was a, it was a, right. like a health they thing. They just come they and whisk the body yeah. away and then the, you know, undertakers now, funeral people mm-hmm. take care of it. But evidently, according to the CDC, it's not, that's not a way that disease is spread or anything like that, right. which I guess I just didn't know that. I guess I just think dead bodies, gross, probably right. going to be something that I don't really want to mm-hmm. be breathing in or something. Right. But it's, it's just, yeah, it's not that way. I mean, I, um, I think about that, like now when I was reading it, we, I mean, I was very lucky to, I guess I will say lucky. I was lucky to be present at when my grandpa died. Like mm-hmm. we were all there. We were standing around him. We were playing music for him and we were there, you know, as, as he passed. And then, you know, then hospice calls mm-hmm. the funeral home and they come over and, mm-hmm. and take the body. And I feel like it would have been okay for us to, you know, have him there at home for a little while yeah. longer. Like, I mean, I feel glad for him that he was able to die in his home. Yeah. Um, but but just to take it that step further where we didn't have to, like, rush him out, you know, and and that maybe we got a little more time to, yeah. to sit with him after he passed. So that's... Um, well, it reminds me of the first scene in here where... Um, yeah. The like, I think it was the yeah, the hospice nurse had asked if the daughter of this deceased woman could just kind of keep her for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the then the nurse was asking, you know, it's not illegal to do that, and no, it's not illegal. Um, and she says, uh, Caitlin says, the family is in control of the body, not the hospice, not a hospital or a nursing home, definitely not the funeral home. Um, and so then this woman was able to pick uh, or be with her mom for six hours. After mm-hmm. and um, like, I'm guess I'm guessing bathed, but like dressed her in her favorite mm-hmm. outfit and right. was there with candles and um, she said that she felt proud to take care of her in right. the last. Um, and it's that's where that that really pointed out just like the misconceptions and and it's not like. So the funeral industry, and if anyone's making money off of these things, like that's one level. But also it's just the general confusion. Like even the hospice nurse right. who is like clearly not trying to make any money or right. anything like that. She's About just like, this is what, to yeah, do. Right. yeah, we just don't know. 
And so, and, and we're not really encouraged to ask any of these questions. No. And like when it's happening, do you, right. do you want and to I, ask those questions? No. Well, and I think too, you know, we've, because now, because of the way that things have evolved, we've created, uh, this is, I think this is what the book addresses. We've created a, just in our own, like we've created a culture around death where death is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even like, even when you're in the hospital, like there was one story where, like even when you're in the hospital, they don't want to give you time mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard story after story of people like people whose children have died where they just like didn't wouldn't <sighs> let them spend time with them, especially you know. And so, right. Um, and you know, some people might. There are people listening right now who might be like, I don't want to hang out with a dead body. It's just you know the what option I mean? Would be right. And so, and the thing is, is you might want to um mm-hmm. when the time comes because you don't know yeah i don't because know now. Yeah. yeah um well it reminds me of birth like when we were talking in the last episode i think about like having a midwife or having a hospital mm-hmm. birth like um just being there with like the the messiness right you just know. to be able to be yes yeah, although some people just legitimately don't want that which right is also fine but, right but that you have the option like mm-hmm. you have the option to not you know, to not have this rushed along mm-hmm. that you can, you know, um, you can be with that person. And so, I mean, that sort of like begs the question about like dying in the hospital and, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, uh, it goes back to our Atul Gawande mm-hmm. like conversation about like, so How that, but to. this, but this in particular is, you know, um, if you have, if you, you know, I, sh- I think Dodie is trying to change our perceptions about death. And, mm-hmm. and, and if you feel that, if you feel that way already, or if your perceptions have been changed, um, or if you learn more about it, like maybe we can talk about some of the things in the book, mm-hmm. um, then how do you go about having a, a good death and then a, a, a good final farewell? Or yeah. as in the case of some of these cultures, there's not a final no, farewell. No, it's a really – it's um, like a permeable barrier mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about Crestone? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Because you did know – Did you already buy a plot of land? I did. It. <laughs> well, I saw when there was a thing about how you must be yes. a resident. Were you like – I was like – vacation I was like, home. oh, shoot. <laughs> yep. So, okay. So there is – people may not know this. Actually, there is one place – I think it said in the Western Hemisphere – Perhaps um, there might be two places, but one is public and I think mm-hmm. the other is private, um, where you can have an open air um, cremation. cremation, like a funeral pyre, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have this. And one of the places is in Crestone, Colorado. I don't even want to tell people this because... I know, because you're going to have yeah. to compete with them. Um, <laughs> but so it sounds like I, I'm... The, you know, I'm afraid of death. Like well, people yeah, we'll, like yeah, randomly I mean, yes. are, and mm-hmm. I would. I'm trying to get to a place um, where I'm less afraid of it. Um, every year, I get closer to it, um, and so I definitely want to be less afraid of it. And like when I was reading this, I felt like I would. I that would be a wonderful way to. Go, like to go out, calling. you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah. I don't know that I want to be cremated in, in a machine. I don't know that I want mm-hmm. to be, I don't really necessarily want to be buried. I'm mm-hmm. sure that as you get closer, you maybe you worry maybe less about that stuff because yeah. you're just like, I'm, I just want, I'm ready. But, but also cost-wise. Yes, cost-wise. So, so this is a, this group um, does, this is a nonprofit. Uh, can you tell me the name of it? Because I don't remember the name of the group. Yes, I can if you give me a moment Okay, here. so I'll keep talking. So it's a nonprofit group that um, 
provides these, but you unfortunately have to be a resident of or own property in this county. Crestone End of Life is the nonprofit. Um, In order to have this, but it's, you know, and then they, if you don't, if you can afford it, um, great. If you can't afford it, they still provide it for you. But that's just beautiful. But it's a beautiful, I mean, the pictures, I saw pictures of it and it's just a beautiful space where you can come and be with this person and, you know, and just sort of release them up mm-hmm. to the atmosphere. And it's... Well, and it started because they had a porta pyre, mm-hmm. which they was were going so around fascinating. Doing, yeah. These are like, these are like little vigilante <laughs> death superheroes to <laughs> yes, me. Yes, they really are. So that sounded really cool. I just immediately was like, this is how this I want to go like, out. You yeah. guys like... Um, so it is, and you know, that's a little bit, there's a taboo in Judaism about cremation. Oh, like okay. that's a thing that you don't really do. Okay. Um, and I, uh, although a lot of Jews do make that decision mm-hmm. and do do that, I think that's a personal decision that you might make, that, but it, yeah. it's a bit taboo. I mean, Catholics forever yeah. did not, were not cremated also. Like that's a thing you don't do in Catholicism. So um, anyway, so I have is just wrestling with what you've been told. Right. And like, the right thing to do. Yeah. And uh, but it comes down to really what's best for you and your in your family, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It. Um, so it, I just thought like this seemed and forever. Um, what this, this, I highlighted this part about um, in like in 1869, that group of medical experts gathered in Florence, Italy to denounce burial as unhygienic and advocate a switch to cremation. Mm-hmm. And um, around that time is when is when it sort of jumped over here to yeah, to like get a start. I mean, well, a lot of it. I mean, it's like every single like we've already said. It's like every single thing, like all these different forces kind of mm-hmm. come together in a culture to all of a sudden make a moment where something happens yeah. Yeah. Um, and changes the way people think about things. And I think, um, but I think that was, that sounded really, it just sounded really peaceful. There is a Zen retreat that there's a Zen um, Buddhist place that also does open air cremation oh. because that is part of it, Yeah, but that's private. It's a private okay. thing, I think. Um so, anywho, um, I'm getting, I'm getting. A well, that's how I felt with the vacation. body farm. Mm, yeah, I was just like, that's the one. That's what. That, that's what you want, or or donating to science, but yeah. yeah, like especially the forensics thing. Yeah, just well. So there's a, the other chapter on. Oh, it's the North Carolina one. So if we're just going to talk about um, sure. North America things right now, or or um, just United States of America. So North Carolina actually has um, the. The, they're doing research to see if humans can be composted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I could maybe go out like that. Sure. Well, and the fascinating thing is like when she was talking about how um, those like those like little tree planting things where you can mm-hmm. like put mm-hmm. your like currently you can put their remains. Yeah. Um, but, but how they're not actually you can't nothing can grow. No. Because it like strips all the organic matter from your. Right. Yeah. And so, like, that was, to me, was fascinating because, like, I think a lot of people I know would be like, yes, I want to do right. that. Plant me in a tree. And it's like, you're not actually doing anything. Well, that's the thing about cremation is it really, there is no organic matter left. And no, so you're burnt. not really putting anything back into the earth if no, you're cremated. You're just, 
um, which I I had no idea. Yeah, which I think is fine. Um, but like, but if like your goal if is your goal to grow is a tree, to, right, then that's not going to work. Right. So this the composting thing was like that's fascinating. Yeah. And they were talking just about how like the different things like alfalfa or whatever it was that they put on, and then like checked them in six months. Yeah. And it was just disappointing because there were still pieces yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but they're figuring out how to do that. And mm-hmm. you know, what will we ever get to a place where the taboo is not there um, with that because I mean I, I it's in the book I don't know if people know this but like they any compost that you get is like could be they compost like livestock oh, yeah. all the time yeah um, that people might not realize that that happens but you know that's a thing it, everything's dead yeah and everything just goes back into the earth and i i don't know i was like okay because i i don't know that i necessarily would want to do the body farm for myself uh-huh. but i really liked this i don't yeah. know i just like it's cool this. i and liked like, the idea that i would rest on a hill yeah with all of this you know with stuff laying on you with pine yeah needles and, and then chips just go and, bloop and just the... right and then go bloop, yeah like just be into the earth <laughs> well and, and that, that they could that my family could scoop me up and yeah. then scatter and, me around yeah. my favorite tree right you know? well and that's what i think is cool is that we do we each individually do have a thing where it's like mm, no thank you yeah but knowing all of the options yeah is crucial yes it's and, fine if you don't want right. to have this or that and getting to a place where as an, an evolved and sensitive society where your ooh can mm-hmm. just be an internal like that's not that's for what, me. That's what um, and not, Amy Poehler says that yes. in uh, she's like, uh, good for you, not for me. Good yeah. for you, not for me. Yeah. yeah, and that and that that's not a judgment on you. It's just a knowledge of what it's like. I don't like myself. It's like, yeah, it's right. Like, it's like, just, I, like, it's like I don't like that. You don't like this. So a thing that I really loved was um, this was in there's like. So there's, uh, she goes to Indonesia, well, Colorado, Indonesia, Mexico, Japan, uh, North Carolina, Spain, Bolivia, California. Yeah. So like these, these are, she goes to not everywhere, but just some Mm -hmm. places. Uh, And I really liked the, um, let's see. So the Japanese ritual of uh, Katsuage, maybe? Oh, yeah. K-O-T-S-U-A-G-E, where um, relatives pick up, like, after cremation, uh-huh. they, like, take their bones out. Like, they take the bigger These bones. These chopsticks, out. and they yeah. pick the bones out and put them in the urn. The family does that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's beautiful to me. And, like, this guy who I think lost his daughter, he just said that that just felt like one final ser- act of service that he mm-hmm. could provide. Right. Um, and and she talks about how, like... When you're grieving, having a task is mm-hmm. really important because then you feel like there is meaning in the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you – I think that's like some cultures – I know we've talked about this before because we talked during uh, cottage.com. Mm-hmm. Like like Judaism has very prescribed mm-hmm. things that you do around grieving mm-hmm. and grief and, and – um, and for certain, you do certain things and you do them certain days. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for some people, those things don't work and they're not comforting and you should probably have the option to not do those things. But it 
For um, others, it gives you a sense of purpose. Yeah, it gives you, it, it lets you know, like, you're not alone. I think in, actually, in the prayer, it says something like, may you be comforted among the mourners of Zion. So, like, mm-hmm. there, every single one of us will be a mourner at some point uh-huh. in our life. Um, and so you're not alone. Every mm-hmm. people have gone through this and it, um, you'll get through, like you'll come out the other side mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that you won't, it won't always, always touch you or them. you always miss them, but it's not a thing that, um, it's not unique. Like no, it's we like all die and people that we love are going to die. Mm-hmm. Love is watching someone die God. as death cab for cuties. And oh my one of gosh. my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. It's true. Freaking Ben Gibbard. It is. So um <sighs> what was what was one of your just yesterday I was like, loving things is so hard. It is, but it's worth it. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Love things. Uh okay. So some of the other things that stuck out, mm-hmm. like I knew about Dia de Dia de los Muertos. Um and actually we were recording this because this is yes. um that's gonna be on the first and second. Yeah. And so. this this podcast is supposed to drop right before that. So if you're in the mood because of Dia de los Muertos, mm-hmm. you should be listening to yep. this podcast. Exactly. You, you don't know because you are that. right now, <laughs> and so therefore good job. You you already got it. You're gone. Um so I knew some about like um, kind of the extensive altars and uh, and the like giving um, offering um, oh, mm-hmm. food and everything to right. to the dead. Like I knew about that sort of thing. But did you watch Coco? No, you should. Coco. No. Okay, I did not. Uh, I should. Yes. Yes, and when I feel like a good cry, mm. I will. Yeah. Yeah. You will need it. Um, but I did really like uh, – so this is going to – maybe this sounds really – okay, I was going to say it sounds really morbid. <laughs> of course it is. This whole episode. Yeah. Um, this is the time to do it. Talking about uh, the babies and the young children oh, yeah. um, and how they were just considered to be an angelito, like a little angel, um, and how this woman that um, – Caitlin was was uh, there talking to. Um, she had lost uh, a baby uh, at six months, um, and uh, based on a variety of circumstances and things. But it was a really it was a really hard scene. To I read. cried. Yeah. So no. Hard. Yeah. I yeah. No. I, so like, hard. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> Yeah. Sobbing like that. But I didn't know they were going there. No, God. It, it like, no, I know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you were not going to give you a spoiler. Okay. On that. But uh, but so this woman, Sarah, she um, just like was really drawn to these little, the little angelitos and how they were given um, a special power. They were kind of like direct, like a spiritual being that says almost a saint with a direct audience with God. Mm-hmm. And so, and they, um, like they dressed up, they dressed them up really fancy and um, put them like surrounded by, mm-hmm. you know, candles and flowers. It was like just this right. very. They would take them to parties. Yeah. Like, they would have yes. parties for them and they would mm-hmm. take the, the, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm sure listening to this as someone not of that culture, unless you are of that culture, then hooray. But I mean, if probably oh, most gosh. of us haven't experienced that. And so, I you well, can't same imagine. With, like, what same that would with be like with um was it in Indonesia? Let's talk where... about yes. yes. Let's talk about that one. Okay. People so, yeah, if you come for nothing, come for this. Yes. Okay. Like you gotta you gotta read this book. But 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have so many feelings about this. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, Toraja, which is in Indonesia, correct? I think I'm so. To, yes, this isn't the this isn't La Paz. This isn't no, the Bolivia. Bolivia one. One. No, yeah, no, this right. is you're right. This, this is, is what you were wanting to do when you talk. Aww, well, the house, is, the death houses. Yes, 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 please. So this guy Paul, whose last name mm-hmm. is in this book, <laughs> it's very long. It's spelled. Oh, it's he's Greek. Um, yeah. Kudinaris. Dr. Paul Kudinaris. So he uh, apparently is this like crazy looking dude with like bearded, like yeah. braided beard and like the, he wears like goggles and stuff. Like he just sounds like a he total a character. character. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yes, for and, sure. Yeah. Um, and he has been allowed to photograph and be present in um, just these, these places where people like outsiders typically are not welcome at right. all. And mm-hmm. I think he's just put in the time and shown that he's very respectful and mm-hmm. um, just wants to genuinely experience these rituals and, and um, this yeah. culture with, with people mm-hmm. instead of it being sort of like a tourist thing. Mm. So um, they go, uh, she hops along with him um, to – Oh, I feel like this. Uh, I feel like a lot of this has been now, like, covered by the rest of the stories, and so I'm having. I need to remember uh, more about it. Oh, the death house ones. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say what I remember. So they go to this place. Also, look, this is a good time to drop in that this is called thanotourism. Mm-hmm. So, because mm. um, Thanos is Thanos, death. Thanos mm. means death. Yeah. And if you're a Marvel fan, yeah. you'll know that. Yeah. So um, uh, that you'll have I learned something. That. Yeah. So um, that that this is a thing that some people like actually go mm. do tourism mm. um, to experience this. And I have mixed feelings about that too because it's I can I can see like I think that experiencing all aspects of other cultures helps you be mm-hmm. open yes, instead of to, just yeah mm-hmm. um but also that's such a private thing to be a, going right. to like that's literally right. someone's grieving experience right although if you think about it like it's not for pri- them they're not right it's not um so maybe right, yeah it's, it's not like, like crashing my funeral. i mean like day of the dead like it's not private at all like, right they have these big picnics and at the well at although the, on like the graves and they do all, they stay right. there all night and it's just this big community sort but of but i experience. think there were aspects of like this particular particular thing that are like like right. only for the yes. insiders. Some things and you are, yeah. Some things that. are some part of that. Like when they're per, they bring out the death houses. So mm-hmm. in this, um, this is what you were talking about when you say like death is just permeable. Mm-hmm. Um, that they in this particular culture, um, people are um, maybe buried mm-hmm. right away, or maybe they're not. not maybe they live in in the house with mm-hmm. you. The body lives there with you in your home for years. Um, mm-hmm. The her guide on this trip said they her he and his brother slept in the bed with their grandfather for seven for years, seven years after, he passed, after he passed away. Um, and obviously, there there's some kind of um, there's some kind of stuff done to help preserve mm-hmm. them, the, but it's all very moderate stuff. I right. mean, he did yeah. mention you know you just. This, you deal with the smell. You deal with the smell, right, yeah. until it doesn't anymore. Um, but it's they dress, you know, mm-hmm. they they dress the the body. Like they're still sharing their they're lives. They're still with, sharing their lives yeah. with them. I think they like put out food or mm-hmm. like they just share their lives with them. And it can be it can be a little just a short while or it can be years. Mm-hmm. And then um and then and it's they, kinda so that you can from what I understood, like sort of save up 
to give them the like funeral mm-hmm. sort of to, thing to, that, for them to be able to to live in a in a death house like uh-huh. so there are there are also death houses where they where they live mm-hmm. um and so they might share like several several people mm-hmm. from the same family or whatever will be in this one death house and so then on this particular day i mm-hmm. can't remember if that had a, a ceremony but like on the particular day of the ceremony, everybody goes to the death houses and they bring out bring out their dead. they bring out their dead, and um, and clean them and you know remove remove their current clothing mm-hmm. and clean them mm-hmm. and um, dress them and comb their hair and um and then there's a sacrificial, right? Is there? Well, the goat. It was the uh, the. Oh bull, yeah, the, they bring a the pig or whatever. The, I mean, it's like a it is a sort of a party sort of atmosphere. Yes, yeah, for the for the people there, um, they're reunited in, in with the the people who are living elsewhere, um, and then they um, they take pictures with their love. You know, they take pictures with their loved ones um, who who are living in mm-hmm. the death houses, and then they um, then they tuck them back in for the year, and then they come back. You know, I, I think it was a yearly thing that they did. I think so. Or maybe, yeah. But it, you know, it took some, it took, it did take to having some kind of resources to be able to do this for your loved one. So, so they might just live with you in your home. Yeah. And it's kind of just like being able to give them what you feel they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's just all, it's all about, respect and um and like paying a loved one back Mm -hmm. for everything they were for you Mm -hmm. in life Mm -hmm. um so it's not makes you wonder like if you had a complicated relationship just like here you know like like with cottage.com yeah yeah you're like bye (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like if you had a complicated relationship then you're just like see you later well and then um like I'm trying to think of some of the other things that were really unique about it. I mean, I think that was, um, I mean, people and people come for this to see this because mm-hmm. it's very, I don't know any, there's probably some other, but I haven't heard about this in other cultures <clears throat> where you have this sort of really long-term interaction with the body of a departed loved one right and like on a daily basis on yes on a daily basis or even just once they've moved on a yearly basis where you Mm -hmm. would would perform this kind of service for them Mm -hmm. um so yeah no it's it's really interesting well and here is a thing um in spain this was the thing that i found was uh, we'll just hop in, hop into oh, a new place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, unless you want to keep. No, no, no. Okay. Let's talk about something. So in Spain. I want to talk about never, Bolivia too. Yeah. I've never been to Spain. Uh, been to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> That's a song, right? I've never been to Spain. I, are you talking about? Oklahoma. Oh, I don't know that one. What? I thought you were talking about like I've never been to something or I've been to something, something, but I've never been to me. What? No. I've been to San Francisco, but I remember oh, to me. I don't no. know that one. No. All right. Anyway. <laughs> it's not Ellen Ray. <laughs> we'll link it. <laughs> so in Spain, evidently glass is a big deal. Did not know yes. this. Yes. I, I don't know. No. I haven't been to Spain. <clears throat> that was interesting. Um, and so what, uh, what they do, especially in Barcelona, is <sighs> um, they have like viewing rooms. So instead of just whisking away your dead um, or like having like a boop real quick funeral. Right. Uh, they do have time where you can spend, like, it's like a little hotel where mm-hmm. you can um, 
Yeah. Japan has that. Japan has yes, that too. But yeah. Without the glass. Yeah. So this is like you can spend time, extended time, with your loved one in the room, um, and you. It's like set up where it's sort of like just you're having kind of like the wake, like what yeah, I imagine. Yeah. In fact, it's right in Spain. It's you do. I mean, I think actually in Japan, you. It is expected that you would spend the entire day. Mm-hmm. With your loved one. But in this case, they're behind glass. It's either like, she said, like a department store window where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, like separating completely by a whole sheet or a glass, like she's like Snow White, like yes. coffin, which uh-huh. is like totally a picture. Yeah. Um, and then you slide them in there and it's like um, temperature controlled. Right. And so she was talking about how just there's just such a difference. Like there's, it's not, it's not even like levels, but there's just such there's just such difference in interaction with with the dead mm-hmm. and like how some of us don't even want to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like boom, get it out of my sight. Mm-hmm. And then others it's like you see it but you can't touch it and others mm-hmm. it's obviously you're touching it, right. and living with it. Mm-hmm. Um and how much each culture like is the Spanish one the Spanish chapter like they were giving her sass about how she wants to have like the mess, you know, like right. the like the the tangible part. Right. Um and they were like, Yeah, well, you wouldn't be welcome here. You right. You'd be welcome to work here. Yeah. And so yeah, that was interesting to me because they definitely had more of a um they definitely had more of a like death is just something, mm-hmm. you know, but they had definitely also absorbed the whole keep it clean. Yeah, exactly. Because they weren't I don't be- like they weren't um embalming you right know. um there i think in special situations think. like uh-huh. they might embalm somebody but yeah. like generally like here we embalm everybody and like and it's so sort of have to right no you don't have, have to. to in fact like you don't um like judaism is i mean yeah and, and again maybe there might be special circumstances where if somebody mm-hmm. needs to be transported or something mm-hmm. but in general like a traditional you're usually buried within 24 hours or something well and was it in spain where they um you kind of rent out the the ground space. I think so. Well, in Europe in general, like um I like and this. also in Latin American countries, do you? Yeah. I think it's interesting where you I, mean, I don't think um, you shouldn't even have to. I remember that like in Fountains of Silence in in um is about Spain mm-hmm. where yeah, you rent out like you rent and so like maybe for five years you live in your spot and then if you for some reason can't pay I know. Yeah, get chucked out. Well, and, like, I guess I like it only because <laughs> I think that's a practical way to go about it. Like, right. land usage spot. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I would say don't, you know, I don't yeah. even need a spot to begin with. Right. But yeah. Because it's interesting because then, like, if the idea, like to me, the interesting, the thing is, if the idea of a burial is that your family always has a place to go mm-hmm. to commune with you, mm-hmm. then... The idea of then getting Scoop pitched out, out of that yeah, space is very traumatic in some ways. Yeah. Like if you can't stay there. But if the idea is, okay, it's like a symbolic, I will visit my loved one here for a period of time yeah. and then they won't be here anymore. So, yeah, like the transitional thing. And then like you let it, oops, you let it yeah. go. So. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, the thing is, is like that's, it was actually very traumatic for poor people, you know, mm. poor people who could not afford to keep True. their person yeah. there and then their loved ones just got pitched out. Um, and the, like the idea of it is the idea here anyway, especially if you're buried in a churchyard cemetery or something is that it's, you know, consecrated or sacred ground. And, you know, you wouldn't want to be buried somewhere where that wasn't consecrated or sacred. Mm -hmm. Um, although, you know, for a long time, we just buried people out 
And, mm-hmm. you know, we we had like every farm had their yeah. family plot or whatever. And oh, I think place, I mean, you still can do that, mm-hmm. I believe. I know. I, I am confused about a lot of the things that you can and can't do. Still, right. I need to. I mean, my partner uh, would like me to just take put him under a tree somewhere mm-hmm. um, and like... The, before he dies actually just yeah, like just take just me, out, me just out toss there. me you know and but it was like if you um i mean that happened a lot of people die and are never claimed mm-hmm. and actually when if because you'll read when smoke gets in your eyes mm-hmm. like that's a big thing um that like a their lot remains of people, still? yes a mm-hmm. lot of people die or yeah they die and they're never claimed i left my cat at the vet oh yeah that's what my dad told me to do yeah. he's like Oh, just he's like, there? just get, yeah, he's like, just get me cremated and just don't pick me up. Like, so I don't have to pay for, you know what I mean? Like, let the city go. Yeah, I know. That's like, yeah, I know. And I was that's like, kinda... dad, I'm I know. not going to do that. I, 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 yeah, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. So the one thing I'm afraid to, I want to talk about this because it's so interesting to the me. The last thing? Yes. Yeah. Is that the it. one? Wait, is that the one with the, well, so there were two things. One is the. The Sky Burial. Oh, that's, yeah, that's that was, in Tibet. Yeah, that's in Tibet, the and Sky Burial. And that's the thing that you just, she won't go there. Oh, that was the most fascinating thing. Yes. So the Sky Burial is, like, well, the vultures eat you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's not, a problem. Yeah, because there's not enough vultures. Yeah. And so, so now it's just a bunch of people who are yeah. rotting away. Right. So in Zoroastrianism, so mm-hmm. like it Which was that reminded me of Darius yep. the Great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like there's in Zoroastrianism that you have to be, you cannot be disposed of in any other way. Like you must have a sky burial. And there's not enough. Um, and there's, and there was. Did they go to? Yep, they did. Okay, they I went like that to, was the first time I they went to the Towers of yeah. Silence or okay. something Oh, like yeah, that. okay. Or I think that's what it's called. So, but there's not like that was fascinating to mm-hmm. me is that there they allowed them to use some sort of pesticide that um, that the birds then ingested. Yeah. No, it was they they gave the cows this medicine. That's what it was. They gave the cows some essentially that was like oh, ac- they... acetaminophen or something. Yeah. For and then they when they ingested the cows, it like killed like it killed their livers and they all died. And so there are not enough vultures. We've messed that up. Yes, to provide. There's not enough vultures to provide for sky burials anymore. And people are incredibly distressed because their loved ones are just essentially lying lying there in the sun rotting. Yeah. Um, But then what are they supposed to do? They've they've petitioned, like they've petitioned the priest to allow them to just bury the bodies. And the priests have said no at this Mm -hmm. point. So... I yeah. guess we'll have to see what develops from that, but um, or if people just start taking it into their own hands and just are like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, this says it's the ultimate irony. There are people in the United States enamored with the thought of giving their bodies to animals at the end of their lives, and we have more than enough vultures and other scavenger animals to pull it off. But the government, religious leaders, etc., would never allow such a vile spectacle on American soil. And now there's no. Vultures. Can we just ship our vultures? Yeah, we can import. I guess that's maybe that's their solution. Just import some vultures. I don't know. So that was interesting. I liked her note, and now I can't find it. But about how like so once she learned, it was kind of like you with the crestone. She like Mm -hmm. learned about sky burials and was like, "That's the one. That's that's my one. Yeah, yeah, that's what she wants." Um, but she will never go to Tibet. Because mm-hmm. she, like it's, she said, it's the one place that she's wanted to go that she won't allow herself to go just because it's 
so private. Right. Um, and I, that, that's a thing that I like mm-hmm. find, found very fascinating because I feel like there's a lot of places like that where. Yeah. There was the one place I don't even, I want to leave some surprises for I know. people to read because I don't know exactly. Like, I mean, I think everything. Oh, You'll there's read a lot. I know. Like, I'm looking all through the here and I'm like, the dang, one, there's a lot. Yeah. The, the one where there's a, I don't know. What? Where the person like is the like essentially the human the butcher like yeah yes mm-hmm. where yep. somebody die like when yeah. you die they have to cut you there yeah you're they cut you into little pieces the, so the that the birds, birds can, can get you. come get you mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that's somebody's job yeah well and then the little the light up like Buddhas and stuff there's yeah. just there's a lot we're just gonna start saying keywords and then you'll have to be like where's this light part? up Buddhas yeah. Um, swipe cards for uh, exactly you know. yeah oh that was fascinating yeah too. that they've yeah. really just mechanized so could y'all just read this and then come find us mm-hmm. and talk to us about it because uh yeah we we don't want to i just want yeah i want you to read this and just be continually be like whoa well, okay so ugh, we are not done a short episode but <laughs> here's the thing um it says two but i think it only i don't know one. I, don't I don't even know, know what is yeah, happening i don't either um, so there is a game I just wanted to say, cause you sent me the death positive subreddit, mm, yes. um, which was really cool. Uh, okay, and we good. can link to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the questions that they, we did, I didn't print out the questions mm-hmm. or address them today, but, mm-hmm. uh, I saw a link to this. It says, It's on Vice. I made my friends play a board game preparing them for death. It's called Now and Then. It was launched on Kickstarter, um, and it says, by the end of the game, you'll have made all the decisions you need to get your affairs in order. Uh, and it's it's for everybody. It's it's particularly, though, geared towards younger people to mm-hmm. just engage with these issues, hopefully, way before hopefully they're needed. Before, but who, yeah. you usually don't know, actually. Um, so he said, they said, uh, while playing the game, I learned which of my friends wanted to be cryogenically frozen, who wanted to donate their body to science, who wanted to keg at their funeral. And then if we were all raptured mid game, we would leave behind student debt and a ton of cats. (laughs) (laughs) So, and like, so it's basically just a conversation, but it's gamified. And they said the gamification part was a little bit clunky, but, um, that they were really glad that they talked to people about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it was talking about how biologically we are like brains have kind of evolved to make it so that it can't think we can't think about our own death very easily. Like that's a thing that because it goes against our biological instinct Mm -hmm. to survive. Right. So um, this is kind of just like rewiring Mm -hmm. ourselves. Although I think we I, I sort of believe that, but also I sort of don't because we did for a long time like. For a long time, we did remember, like, I mean, especially well, like, like you wouldn't vi- live like, very long. Right. And the Victorians had this whole like death cult sort mm. of built up around. So it was just things where like. Maybe you, it's by now. Maybe it's now. we've Right. I think I think possibly now because we have sanitized it so much and put it over there so much that there's not, you know, we don't do like memento mori, like, mm, you know, right. um, yeah. or maybe some and people do. she does do, right? encourage people. Yeah. To do stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, it's so me. Yes. Maybe now we've psychologically put ourselves in a place where it's very difficult. And I think there are times in your life. Like Uh when I had young kids, it was so traumatic to me to think of dying. No, right. You know, absolutely. And I mean, I obviously don't want to 
don't want to die now. But um, but like your body is I, like, nope, focus on life. Yeah, but I, yeah, alive. but I, I mean, I mean, like tomorrow is is uh, my birthday, mm-hmm. and I might spend tomorrow actually filling out an advance directive. Yeah, um, it makes you hashtag feel, this is midlife. Yeah, right. Like, it makes you feel like you're doing something. Yeah, for the people you leave behind, I think. Yeah, and I think for a long time, I mean, people just got very. I mean, I remember this. Like my grandma would mm-hmm. say, "Like, what? Yeah, like, what things do you want? What things mm-hmm. do you want?" And we would just be like, "No, stop it, stop it." Yeah, and yeah. I feel just bad. I feel it. bad that we did that because I, I feel know. like it's like a, you have to feel like. Well, it's like what Glennon Doyle said: you have to like mm-hmm. just feel it with the people, right? Ugh. And you just you're not in. It doesn't mean that you're in a hurry for that person to die. If you talk about or for yourself to die, yeah, yeah. no, it's just if you talk about it, it, it means it's gonna happen. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many ways in which like understanding. De- I mean, like this is this is the whole thing underpinning of Buddhism in some ways mm-hmm. is like if you understand death. Like the whole sleeping in a sleeping in, yeah, your, in your own grave, grave thing. Uh-huh. If you understand death, you will definitely live your life, you mm-hmm. know, because you understand yeah. that it is that's Very what's short. happening to all of us. Yeah. And so get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. And then no one has no idea what you want to do with yourself. Everybody's <laughs> confused. So. Press down. Yes. I know. I know you've already helped me fill out my body work, body farm paperwork. I so did, so now we're all good. Can you help me buy some land in Crestone? I'll work on that. <laughs> okay, yes. thanks. Um, but it's also, this was also talking about like um, this game was bringing up conversations, like not even just about death, but if it's like if I caught a severe stomach bug and was intubated, who has my landlord information? Who knows how much I pay for rent mm-hmm. when it's due? Who'd be responsible for taking care of my pet while I'm sick? Who has spare keys to my place? Yeah, like this. I think this all is these so important this is for so young people yeah. who are living away from their family. Yes, absolutely. Or estranged or whatever. Well, yeah. and and like also, it's like who actually like yeah, like yes, like maybe you want your friend to adopt all seventeen of your cats. But what if your friend doesn't really want to? Is that mm-hmm. really fair? You know, yeah. so like just kind of thinking about all of this stuff instead I can't of it do being. That. I'm sorry. No, mm-hmm. no, put them down. Put just bury them with me. <laughs> Oscar will Egyptian will mummify you yeah. and we will mummify the kids. All of us together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be like best dad. I'll be half half tubs, half me. <laughs> uh but yeah, also this is like because Brandon was like, I don't want to be cryogenically frozen. And so this question was like, did you leave behind enough money to keep your head frozen in a cryogenic lab? Or is your family gonna have to make the awkward decision on whether to pay the bills or let you thaw out? <laughs> so it's like you have to, yeah. Or like, I don't know. It's Mm-hmm. It, it's fascinating yeah. and i feel like yes we're going into halloween right now and day of the dead but also thanksgiving let's just all mm-hmm. have a <laughs> this thanksgiving we are you, all filling you, out our advanced if you think directives it's been, if you think that the political climate has mm-hmm. made it difficult to have conversations oh my god maybe talking about your death will be preferable yes <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> Focus on something that you can like tangibly work yeah. on together. Maybe everybody of, will be like, "Yes, let's talk about death." Yes, because this let's is. Let's just better. start putting post-its on things <laughs> now. This is better. This is more comfortable so, to yes, me than but, like talking yeah, about, about the politics. Climate. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> that that would be hilarious. There's your, there's our advice for you. Yeah, but so highly recommend this book. Yeah, obviously, I, I would, like I would to... love. To, I'm now. I'm. I think I would really like to get this in a as book club bag. A book club yeah. bag. Yeah, I, I agree. Think that people will really Ooh, talk about this. We can have a this. program about it. 
I would love to. I know oh. we had a program with a, the Atul Gawande. We did. Um, book. We Skyped in. Yeah. And so, and then also there was a program that Kathleen put on about advanced directives from the yeah. man who was the lawyer of the woman who right. had Paul Calanthe. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, brain or dead. Think, I think that's how it is. Yeah. Um, no, breath becomes air. That no, thinking that's, is something different. different I'm thinking yeah. a different. So now they're um and they're we got lots are, of death books. Honestly, if you want to talk about yeah. this, we have a lot. I was gonna say that the Paul yeah. Paul K, mm-hmm. who's mentioned in this book, we have a couple of his books um, that are beautiful, beautiful, because he's a photographer, mm-hmm. um, just gorgeous books um, that you might be interested in. And I think respectfully done. I feel like didn't Caitlin just did a, Caitlin just did a whole death um, display. Maybe it's still up. Caitlin, yeah. Not Maybe it's still our up. Caitlin, not yeah. Caitlin Doty. Yeah, no, yeah not, <laughs> The Caitlin who works here at the yes. library. Yeah. Um, if I you're just, listening to like, this right a, after it's live. Yeah, there's a be. display yeah. that's, that's And then right the now. Death Positive subreddit, I'll link to that. That yeah. was really, really And there neat. is, isn't there a, um, like a death club here in town? There is. Or did it? I think it has to move to Kansas City. There's oh. not enough people. Okay. Interested. Yeah. But so we could, we could, there, yeah, there's, we could link to some of those mm-hmm. like resources too, but um, something Club of the Good Death or Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. But I do, I liked this. And I would definitely, I will definitely link to some of K- Caitlin Doty's talks. Yeah, everybody, also um, she's like six foot tall. So like I like her mm-hmm. just because of that. Also she has bangs. So yeah, I like her because that's of true. That. Yeah. She, she just looks cool. <laughs> she's, she just looks like she'd be really cool. She's really cool. So Caitlin, if you hear this, uh, come on. We're going to totally at her. I mean, oh, yeah. like for sure. I'm adding the crap out of her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All well, right. happy death. Um, happy reading happy reading (laughs) that's it for this edition of the book squad podcast for more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode visit our website lplks.org don't miss an episode subscribe please rate or comment it helps others find the podcast our book squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck I'm Jim Barnes And this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.